The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. You don't hear us gassing on about it. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're, when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Eighteen months, you're saying? Yeah, so it's been eighteen months since we've sat down. Since we sat down to do one of these, and it's uh, I went to Colombia mm-hmm. for about a month, and that was that was the main reason why we why we shut down. Yeah, um, and then it was when I came back. When I came back, I that was the first real vacation I've taken since I started the studio. Right? Yeah, you know, so I've done what five or seven years or something like that. Oh no, that was like, that was like nine years. Nine years. And then you had your first vacation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've done tours and I've had stretches of time where I've had no work, but none of that feels like vacation, right? No. And so this was stressing out, trying to find work. Exactly. Yeah. And so this was, this was almost a month of just, just completely being chilled and relaxed and it was pretty great. Um, but when I got back, it took me twice as long as I was gone to get back into the habits of business. Mm. You know, I, I was probably from like November and December of 2018. I was just useless. <laughs> it was, it, it was quite a struggle. And then, and then things like, things like doing the podcast seemed like, well, I, sh- I really need to be focusing on more important things. Yeah. Right. And that was, that was kind of the, that was kind of the mojo. We were probably both pretty burned out with the podcast anyway at that time. Yeah. We were, cause we were doing it weekly. Yeah. Which I don't think we'll do, um, now. Um, I mean, I would enjoy it weekly and we're, um, next, next one of these we do, um, hopefully we're going to introduce our new, um, our new member cohort cohort. Um, he's not a younger guy. He's our age, but he's new into the, into this whole recording thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. you know, him. bumped into him about this time last year and got sloshed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I didn't feel sloshed at the time. And I know that somebody, um, somebody approached me for work afterwards. Mm Mm-hmm. And mentioned that like, oh, I like it when people don't drink too much. It's just like, dude, I had like 10 beers that night. How the hell did I not act like I was on 10 beers? That's the alcoholic in you. I don't know. Apparently I'm just calm regardless of how drunk I am. So the only time you're not calm is when you're sleep deprived. Yeah. When I'm sleep deprived, then I'm an asshole. Yeah. I kind of miss. I kind of missed that joy. last night. Oh, did it? Yeah. Because <laughs> what was it? Uh, Saturday night. I think I was up till two in the morning recording uh, this band that I'm working with right now. Right. Um. Then I had to go to work the next day, which well, that's fine. Uh, and I did go to bed like maybe an hour early Sunday night, but then. Yesterday, uh, I spent probably from 
8.30 or 9 o'clock, pretty much I just, I made coffee. It went downstairs. And then because the band wants to do their own comping and they want to do it in a different DAW than what I use. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to take all the takes, explode them on separate tracks, name them so that it makes sense. And I also just as like, uh, just adding value kind of thing had aligned all the things. Cause there was a few parts where like we recorded and I didn't bother finding where everything was kind of in that same part kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I lined up the tracks so that <laughs> they could just pick stuff. Yeah. So oh, I, I, I did the hard part for them, I guess in, yeah. in some ways. I, I mean, they're going to be decided like going through, 14 takes for one song, 13 for the other. Okay. On average, I think there's only four or five full song takes. The rest are just parts and stuff. Sure. So they got quite a bit of work on their hands right now <laughs> to do the comping. But I I spent from probably, yeah, like 8, 30, 9 o'clock to... Oh, I think I was done doing that for all the songs at like, oh, and then, I mean, rendering everything out too. Yeah. You're still using um, Reaper, right? Yeah, I'm still yeah. using Reaper. And I ended up actually making uh, some new shortcut keys in Reapers so that I could do this quicker. <laughs> <laughs> as well as uh, I came up with naming conventions because uh, my track manager... Uh, in Reaper, I I realized as I, I I was trying to search things so that I could do my own comping afterwards yeah. uh, that I didn't name things in a way that made it easier for me. So <laughs> I, I came up with a new naming convention for when I have to do this next time. Cool, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to make life easier, and, I, and then I I reprinted everything again for everybody with that new naming convention to make it easier for them because they're using Pro Tools. And so I imagine they have some kind of search features so that they can be like, so all the take ones, we're going to link those together. And Oh, yeah. 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 Because I imagine Pro Tools has a way to collapse different files into one. Just like different takes into one one track or different. Uh, yeah. Um What was that? Is that a bird it's a, or it's something? A, it's a bird hanging out in the corner there. Magpie or yeah, it's okay. magpie. I don't imagine our listeners heard that, but there was some crazy bird. Like, We've never done this in a in, in a windowed room before. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Pro Tools does have it does have a way to link um, link takes, but it's from the file management side. You actually have to. Um, you actually have to drag them into place almost one at a time into different playlists. Okay. And then, and then you can link the playlists together. Mm-hmm. Um, or no, you just link, you just link like the drums together and then all the playlists are linked together. Okay. And as long as, you know, take one is on, all take ones are on the same playlist and all take fives are on the same playlist. You're fine. Okay. But if you're not, Pro Tools isn't smart enough to to figure that out on its own. Yeah. I mean, Reaper, you have to do something similar. Like I had to go into yeah. 
file management. It, it, it was a weird process. So I had like what was 16 tracks exploded into, I think it was like 240 tracks after I exploded everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I had to, in the file manager, I would have to search like take one because that's how I was labeling everything. And that's <laughs> what I had to change in my naming thing. Right. Because when I did take one, uh, it was pulling up like, tr uh, the first track was like, one kick ribbon. And so it pulled that up with all of the takes yeah. and basically anything that had a one in there and just a one it would pull up. So it wasn't until I was getting into like take 10 where it actually got easier for me. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so I had to change my naming scheme to be like, okay, so if I'm doing track numbers, it's like one, the name of the track. And then I go take zero one. And that actually made things right. a lot nice. easier, which I might change it again to be like zero, zero, one. Yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. Uh, it's similar, like uh, the, um, the Cubase does it similar to that as a default. Mm -hmm. um, Reaper kind of does it too. Um, but it's more, but Reaper does more of like a coded number system, doesn't it? it as, as a default. If you don't like set something up prior, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, I have so many oh, yeah. presets things. Because you've been to, working in Reaper for like 10 years now, right? Uh, since 2012, so Pretty yeah. Close, yeah. 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 Um, I have done, I've, I've done that kind of thing um, where, I, where I break out multiple takes, give them all to the client, but I've never done it for more than, you know, vocal tracks type of thing, right? Yeah, this is full drums and bass. Yeah, that's insane. And yeah, it was a total of 16 tracks that I recorded. You getting paid hourly? No. Just by project? It's a project, right? And I yeah. probably didn't charge enough, but uh, I also really want to be a part of this project, so I, I'm yeah. not too concerned about it. Um, so whatever. I wish I had a day job just so that I could do that with more with more. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, luckily my day job allows me to Take yeah. a huge hit. Like I am, I've I've definitely already worked <laughs> more than what the band has paid me. So, yeah. Like the understanding was it was going to probably take fifteen hours to record this because I the band's super good. They're like well rehearsed and everything. Awesome. But of course, problems happen. Uh, like. This Saturday that just came up that where I recorded the drums and bass. Yeah. This is the second time we did it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. The first time we did it, uh, I was on a board that I didn't fully understand. And so I had so many routing issues. And then we were also trying to record to Pro Tools, which I don't know. So there was all these oh, error messages that were coming up. That's a nightmare. Like I haven't used Pro Tools since Pro Tools 6 or something like that. Really? Yeah. So it's just like... <laughs> I, it, it's a completely different beast from what I remember it being. Yeah. And, but it's still got all I mean, the error codes that come up all the time. So Pro Tools is, Pro Tools is goofy to begin with yeah. if you're not familiar with it. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, I mean. To be out of it for, I don't even know what they're on now. They're on, um, they, they've changed the naming system. They're technically, they would, or well, if you kept the same number system, they'd be on like Pro Tools 14 now. Yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I run Pro Tools 12. Um, and I only upgraded because I had to for the students that I teach. Right. Yeah. Are you still teaching? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I have, uh, I have one student that just graduated. Uh, well, he's graduating right away. He just finished the course. Um, and another student that is about the halfway point. He's, uh, he's at the stage where he's making, he has to make a, a percussion, um, 30 seconds of, of sensible percussion and some sort of melodic or chording kind of thing mm-hmm. out of a single cycle thousands Hertz sine wave. Okay. So that, that, that's all you're given and you have to use the tools inside of pro tools to take this single cycle sine wave yeah. and turn it into some sort of kick drum, some sort of snare drum ish, and then some sort of melodic line. Okay. And, and it's, it's, it's not as hard as, as no, people would think, but not. it just takes, it's, it, it's really good exercise to learn pro tools, right. To learn all a lot of the tool, a lot of the basic tools. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's more important uh, as a tool or as an exercise to break the restraints on your brain um, that a non-audio person would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Some Sounds like come... an interesting thing. Yeah. I currently don't have time to do stuff like that. But... I, I've done it three times myself um, just so that I can, I can, you know, know what the students are going through. And yeah. the, um, the example, the guy that came up with it uh, would, was probably almost a decade ago. Um, does it in about half hour in his explanation video. The fastest I can do it is about an hour and a half before I have something, you know, 30 seconds long that has well, all he, the right components. Probably rehearsed in some sense. He's probably done it enough times to just like, yeah, no, <laughs> like, exactly, okay, right. now I'm going to do this. And he's in, in that 30, in that 30 minute video, he's explaining everything as he goes to, yeah. which is just, funny and there's probably a lot of time in that yeah. to get to that point i imagine because I, I don't think i could do that all that quickly yeah like i can maybe get something basic in like an hour and a half i think and that's all that's all the expectation is is something basic right yeah something to show that yeah there's 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 a rhythm section here and there is there is some sort of lead mm-hmm. line here yeah and yeah. It, it can be a loop i mean sure make a four second loop right um, they don't make you edit like politicians voices or anything like that. <laughs> Cause when I went to school, I had to do that. And to this day, I couldn't listen to Sarah Palin. <laughs> Not that uh, I want to listen to her anyway, but yeah. like there's an added layer to this onion of just, I can't stand her voice. Like there's these little things that her voice does that like before editing her, I didn't know, oh, man. <laughs> and now I know is because you you're you had to, you were forced to pay attention, right? Well, yeah, that like, and the way we were told to edit this particular project, I'm talking about, like, our teacher chopped it up and then jumbled everything. Oh, did you have to put it back together? Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, so I listened to her voice for like eight hours straight, and it was only like a thirty second clip of her voice, but. 
that's enough. Puzzles, man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. to this day, I can't <laughs> listen to her voice because of that. Yeah. But anyway, mm. uh, as I was saying, like lots of problems. So Pro Tools problems, like something with like sample rates. Oh, sure. Not wanting to work together, which was confusing because like. What board were you using? Uh, I was using the Allen & Heath SQ5. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I saw a picture of that. Yeah. 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 It's a good board. I, I enjoy the workflow of it. And like I, I knew I enjoyed the workflow of it before mm-hmm. really learning how the board works. Yeah. Because uh, it, it works a lot more like how I have Reaper set up with the routing matrix and stuff. That's cool. Uh, but they have like different menus for different types of routing in there. And that's a, a huge part of my problem that I had when... Uh, when we first recorded was just routing and just, yeah. I was confused cause like I select USB, but there's like two different USB things. So you have to tell it the specific USB and I don't know. It, it was, it was weird. So the first, <laughs> and then after that, like you would think like the meter that we have on the board being a digital board, it would be calibrated to calibrated to like a digital what you would see in a DAW right but it's not it's actually like zero is actually like negative 18 on in Reaper or in huh in Pro Tools or something and I didn't know that yeah and I didn't know that the first session so like I ended up clipping things just trying to get enough level into pro tools <laughs> oh man yeah so it, it, like the first session uh we didn't get started like we started at 6 p.m and we didn't start recording till like 11 just because the problem after problem and like what i've said is just a, a few of the problems that we had like the ones that took a little longer yeah. there were still like tinier problems on top of that yeah and yeah why didn't you use your Goliath? It's a Goliath you have, right? No. I ended up backing out of that. Oh, no kidding. Because uh, around the time when I was about to pull the trigger to get a Goliath was when they started having customer relations issues. Like when they uh, uh, announced the effects to DAW and then were charging everybody. Oh, okay. Uh, and then I also saw some other customer relationship issues and i've i've come to find out that antelope doesn't do their own uh customer, customer service, service. Uh, it's all farmed out to different companies yeah. yeah so it it's made me he- hesitant to get anything sure uh although i am thinking of getting an orion the only thing i don't like about my orion is that it's the first generation and the new ones have more toys i love it Absolutely. And the one that I'm thinking of would have none of the toys either. Like it wouldn't have any of the effects and stuff that the current ones have. There is, uh, I think I'm watching one on eBay um, that is a generation one for two grand, 2,200 bucks. Okay. I think it's, and, and I think it's in Canada. I'm going to try to get one for a thousand bucks. Oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I could get one for a thousand bucks, I think I would pull the trigger so that I could have 64 channels in and out. And then I'd go get the Maddie card um, that can run both. 
Yeah. Well, I'm I'm Not thinking that, I need that that's just retarded. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even really need 32. My thing right now is I I just want to be able to run at uh, 96k. Because uh, the only thing I have right now that can do that is um, one of my Motu things, but it falls out of sync with my computer and creates like weird yep. digital noises as a result. Uh, so I'm thinking of getting rid of it. And then my 2408s, like they're great. They work awesome, but they can only do 48. Yeah. So yeah. well, uh, what is your, I don't have this debate very often, so I got to, I want to ask what, what is your reasoning for wanting to do 96? Uh, cause I do eventually want to get some analog gear and, uh, I know that th there's a few different reasons I want to do it, but I, I know, um, apparently <laughs> analog gear reacts better to 96k uh, especially since some analog gear actually processes above uh like 20k uh like a clarifonic um it it has a boost at like 30k right so and, and like that's one of the pieces of gear that i'm thinking i might get sure so if i'm not converting audio up that high and then i'm boosting 30k like if I'm only sending it up to 20 and I'm boosting 30, it's not going to utilize it to its fullest extent. Whereas if I uh, send it up to 40, it's going to process that a little better. Fair enough. Uh, and then there's also um, aliasing is another issue uh, that makes me like 96K over 48. Uh, I mean, if I'm working in 48, then I'll just oversample in any plugin that has oversampling available to it to sure. stop aliasing from happening. But yeah, aliasing I know is an issue and 96K can help uh, eliminate the noise that's caused from aliasing. I definitely, we, we've had this conversation before about um, my ears not being as as, uh, as sensitive as yours, especially up in the higher frequencies, mm -hmm. right? Um, I definitely don't notice the... Most of it aliasing. usually gets masked anyway. Yeah. Uh, but I, I saw this great video on YouTube. I don't, don't remember who did it or whatever, but he shows very scientific, like he sends like a 1k tone through a yeah. distortion plugin and then was, he shows how it how it happens wasn't that um ian ian shepherd um you know ian, ian shepherd might have made a video like this but this is a different guy okay. um probably like the same age as this dude but in another british guy ian shepherd has a uh has a um a something uh to download so that you can specifically test the aliasing in your converters. Okay. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a bunch of, it was a bunch of um, audio files at different frequency uh, uh, sample rates right. that um, that you could play back, and it would you would hear the aliasing that is specifically present in yours. I definitely heard some in mine. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it doesn't play any audio. Well, majority of what we do is like 
multi-tracks and stuff like that. So m- most of the time it gets masked. Okay. Uh, but if I can eliminate any like weird chirping noises, <laughs> then I'm, I'm happy. Sure. Yeah. And from what I've been able to figure out is like 96K for me anyway. Right. Does a really good job of eliminating that, that noise. I've always had the, I've always had the hesitation of, I mean, aside from the additional like stress on the com- on the computer, yeah, um, that ninety six k implies, and I don't have the top notch computer in mine. That's See, decade and, old, right? I do. I recently right. spent, or like, I guess it was a year or two ago now. Yeah, I paid like over two grand for a computer. The only thing that was hard to get at the time was a video card, but that is because everybody was doing that. Um, the uh, Bitcoin farming and stuff and video cards were in demand for that. Gotcha. But I did get a a pretty top-notch video card, but I have something like 32 gigs of RAM. Yeah. And maybe more. I don't remember. For me, something stupid. For me, the bottleneck, the bottleneck with my computer is, is the hard drives. Um, well, the hard drive space is a bottleneck for me. I only have th- it's three. It's not the hard drive light. space. It's the hard drive speed. Oh, like I, I haven't, I haven't put in the time to, um, to really find anything faster than seventy two hundred RPM. Mm-hmm. Um, the just get solid state. Uh, they're not that much money anymore. Like there's still money, but, but it, it's not like five years ago where you had to pay like. $500 for a terabyte or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think I you could get true. like a solid state, like a terabyte of solid state for less than 200. Yeah. That'd, that'd, that'd make things a lot easier. Yeah. Provided you have the connections for it in your computer. Which I, I have no idea if I would I'd probably have to have adapters, but I, yeah. I, I have four slots that I could do solid state with. Hmm. I use all four in my, all four drive bays in the in the computer. Anyway, that um, the, the the where I was going with that initially was, I grew up, you know, like my formative years of music were in the '90s. Anyway, right, mm-hmm. and that was that was when everybody was transitioning to from tape to um, to digital, and so many studios were actually recording at forty four. A sample rate of 44 and 16-bit and depth, right. right? And I still... Well, that's kind of what was available at the time. Like 24-bit yeah. was a pig. Yeah. And 48 was also a pig. Like you, you had to think of hard drive space and all the other stuff. For sure. But the... Uh, I still listen to... To, to to that a lot of that music mm-hmm. and a lot of this a lot of the stuff that I listened to I know was done digitally and I don't find any reason to not like it right you know like there's and and again it, it might just be like my the lack of sensitivity in my ears versus yours you you definitely hear those things when I don't so um so maybe it's that simple but I know I'm being nitpicky too because <laughs> like you. I I know what I'm hearing isn't going to actually like it, it's going to be masked at the end of the day, but 
But if you could just have not have it there to begin with. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, is like, I like to double up a lot of things. And so if I'm adding that aliasing noise over and over again, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to eliminate any possibility that that buildup is going to actually be audible in the final product. Right. Especially if it's like something that needs that high end in the, I'm having a harder time listening to anything up above 16K these days, but let's say the 10K area and some of the that chirpiness gets in there. Yeah. And, and I mean, 10K, I kind of want it to be pretty clean anyway, at least anything that I have going on up there. Right. So minimize any potential. It's funny you mentioned clean. I've, um, uh, I'm in a new studio. Yeah. People obviously can't see that, but I'm in a new studio and I've really been working on, um, on the analog side of the workflow. Right. Uh, and I've gotten myself to a point where I, I have a, I, I don't want to call it a, a template, uh, or a, um, uh, formula. I don't want to call it a formula, but I definitely have like an analog template right. that is really easy for me to patch around, but certain things in certain spots, certain things in certain spots being uh, sent to certain areas. And I'm, and I, uh, and I'm doing just a lot of the, uh, and, and the biggest thing with the analog for me is simplifying recall. Oh yeah. Right. Um, and so I, I've been, I've been working a lot on that very process, getting as much analog into the mix, mm -hmm. but also keeping the recall really simple. And I have it down to about, about a half hour, um, of documenting recall. Right. And about 10 minutes to restore recall on most sessions, which is, uh, which is pretty good. And so I'm loving how much distortion that I can subtly add into so many things with all of the gear. Right. I'm, I'm becoming a, I'm becoming a distortion nut, <laughs> right? Like, well, I, I distort just about everything. I know. And I, I've traditionally, traditionally prior to, prior to this place, I've been one to just kind of stay away from it. Hmm. Right. But now I'm, 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 I'm not, <laughs> it's just so good. I'm the crazy mad science guy. Who's like <laughs> some vocalist sends me something and says like, I want this to be nice, pretty clean. Yeah. It's like, okay. So I'm going to parallel that into a lot of distortion <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to mix that underneath and it's still going to sound clean, but you're going to hear this like yeah. little bit of grit that you're going to think is the prettiness. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, um, sheepdogs ish band in here before Christmas. Right. Um, and we just did, we just did one song. It was kind of their, their first real song. Okay. Uh, just came out a couple of weeks ago, but, um, it, they, they were open to playing with every single toy that we had in here Awesome to find the right tones, to find the right, whatever the drummer let me rearrange his kit. So he would, he would play the song better. And the whole thing just, it like, it couldn't have gone better. And I couldn't have worked with a more receptive band. It was just fantastic. Nice. 
But during the mix, during the mix, everything, just everything cried out for just that little extra distortedness to yeah. it. And I just, I just loved it. Well, that's what I'm finding with the project I'm working on right now. Like I've only done a rough mix of what I have, which is just bass and drums, bass and drums. Yeah. But even though it's like, first thing I did is like, I have the Kush plugins and I just slapped their, uh, transistor a or something like that. Oh, you did, did you get all the, like the, their, um, the, the saturation, the, the Omega saturation yeah. things. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've been looking at that. They're been, good. Yeah. The A and the N are what I primarily use. Sure. I need to try out the tube one and the newer one. Okay. That they have. Uh, but I got the A and the N. And uh, anyway, on these particular tracks, I just put the A across everything. Okay. And, you know, I didn't have to do anything else. I just loaded up the the uh, <laughs> yeah. default state of the plugin and it just added that little bit. Yeah. That. I, I need it on the on the tracks. Nice. Well, I mean, the tracks were all recorded as cleanly as possible anyway, because the band, that's what they wanted. They didn't want me EQing prior or anything like that. And so, so I was like, okay, whatever. I'll just position the microphones until like I'm getting the sound that I want out of the microphone. Right. Which I was going to do anyway, but there was no additional EQ on top of that. Uh, and so, and then... This particular board doesn't also like you can load up different like preamp emulations in the board itself if you wanted to, but cool. you have to register the board first. Oh, yeah. So it, it was pretty clean, sterile, uh, and so I had to. Has that Alan Heath thing? Yeah, it, it, it was very. It was definitely like a digital board. You, you could right. tell, yeah. and it's got that that kind of. I don't want to say clarity, but it's got the feel of a, a digital recording. And right. so I had to dirty it up a bit with some, like what is supposed to be a transformer base kind of saturation. Sure. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what I like most for distortion anyways, transformers. Yes. So yeah, yeah just slapped a bunch of the A's on everything and that was awesome. And then some basic EQ after that, and maybe some compression. Still fighting the kick drum, but <laughs> and the snare, I need to fight it a bit too because it's not doing what I want it to do. Right. But I, I, I don't know if that's the snare itself, or like how it was played, or if I'm just missing something with how I'm EQing it. Right. Trying to make it sound like he really smacked the drum, but can't seem to to get it to happen um roland uh who's moved to toronto right oh did he yeah so um when the reason we shut down the studio uh, on the other side of the city was roland decided that most of his business was either in toronto or the flights he needed to take to business was uh, based out of Toronto. Okay. And uh, anyway, so he moved to Toronto, found himself, found himself a nice, a nice little studio apartment. Cool. That he can, he can have his studio and he's got a, he's got like a little like 12 foot by 12 foot loft above 
above the recording and mixing space. Right. Um, and it's just, it, I've only seen pictures, but it looks pretty cool. Uh, anyway, so he's, he's doing a lot of mastering. He's focusing on, he wants to focus on, on more and more mastering. Cool. So he sends me this, he sends me this master that he did, um, on Friday and he's asking me like, you know, something, I'm, I'm missing something. Can you help me just identify, identify it? And it was, it, it all seemed to be centered around the snare, right? A lot of blast beats because Roland is the metal guy. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, it all seemed to be centered, centered around the snare and the solution seemed to be uh, a, a cut at 180 that was pretty, I don't know, maybe three decibels deep and then a boost at 220 to bring the, like the, the thump of the snare back out. Yeah. But it was, it was that 180 that was creating all this mud throughout the whole mix centered around the snare, which was pretty bonky. Right, it didn't have a lot of didn't have a lot of like good attack and punch. Right, it just had this kind of bunk 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 kind of grossness. Okay, yeah. I got plenty of like the high end attack, like the sizzly snap in this particular snare, which mm-hmm. I, I like. But I'm I'm definitely trying to get more of that body out of it. Okay, I'm trying to get that. I don't know. Like I know it's in like the 200 hertz range, but every time I crank 200 hertz, it's I'm I'm muddying things up, and there's something somewhere in that snare that yeah I need to dial in. Voice of God. Okay. So voice of God at about 200. I don't so, have a VOG, but I know how to do the filter. So exactly right. <laughs> um, followed by uh, followed by transient designer, and really really crank the attack Mm -hmm. then into a limiter. Okay. And And just smash it. Just smash it. Yeah. And and, I mean, maybe you'll blend that back in right as a, as a parallel, but uh, maybe I'll do that in parallel. Yeah. I kind of do have a filter in parallel. That's kind of doing that where I'm distorting the, the snare. And then I had like a, a VOG filter like, so I, I started, I started, um, I'm up and down with how good I am at mixing. <laughs> <laughs> we all are, <laughs> right? I, I've been having like a hell of a month with that. Like, uh, I sent my mastering buddy a file and he's just like, yeah, this sounds good. It's a little dark, which has been a common thing that I've been getting lately because of my monitoring situation. Um, which I need to fix, but anyway, uh, so it, you know, I'm feeling high from that, but then I have a recording session that went to shit, like the first one that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. And so like, you know, <laughs> mixed feelings like, oh man, I must be like the worst recording guy ever. Yeah. <laughs> and awesome. oh, I, what I didn't mention is that first recording session, I was also sick and I was like trying to just right get through it. <laughs> yeah. And, and that session, I don't think ended until like two or three in the morning. That's, that's not so bad. I, I mean, know it's not so bad, but that it, was it like, was we were all work, like right? frustrated and yeah. we just gave up at that point. Oh yeah. We had something for both songs that we're doing right now, but, and then the only person who's heard those files is the, uh, I haven't even heard them, but, mm. uh, 
is the guitar slash singer of the band. Okay. He's the only one who's listened to him. He wasn't happy with it. And so went back to it, but fair enough. Yeah. I forgot what I was trying to say. I don't remember either. Oh, yeah, just talking about ups and downs as audio engineers, I guess. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. So, um, so I have been, I've been really experimenting a lot the last, I've been open since November. So, mm -hmm. um, experimenting a lot with the gear, trying to, trying to find something new. I, I got rid of the DBXs, the, those, the DBX compressors. The blue ones, right? I, well, I, I still have that unit. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what the problem with that thing is. Uh, but it's, it's been pulled out of the rack. Um, and, but I had a, I had a couple of, um, 160s. Okay. The, the, yeah. the, similar to the ones you have, right? Uh, 160A? Uh, yeah, I think they were 160Xs. Xs. Yeah. Okay. So it'd be different, but similar. Yeah. Similar-ish. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've haven't been super happy with them mostly because I was using them based on Warren Hewitt's advice. Is like, you know, put your kick and your snare in there, get, you know, three decibels or whatever of compression and you're golden. Mm. Like, well, okay. I mean, I mean, it sounds okay, but it's not what I'm looking for. Yeah. Anyway, so I started playing around the, um, and I swear I'm going somewhere with this. The, the, uh, the purple audio actions, mm -hmm. they're, uh, those FET things, they have a slower attack than most FET compressors, but they have, um, it, it's still, it's still pretty fast, but it's, it's still, it, it is definitely slower than, than any other FET compressor I've used. Can't okay. This damn thing. Mm. Um, and so I started really, really digging in with them, um, on kick and snare. Yeah. And it is the thing that I'm looking for. Like it pulls out it pulls out so much smack out of everything. Well, I mean, kick and snare. Yeah, it is exactly what I'm looking for. And of course, I, I run that into a, I run that into a limiter on the rack as well, so that I can I can control the the actual peak. But it is so good hmm. that it's um, actually given me an idea as to like what the problem I might be having at home with the kick. Right. And, 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 and what it, what it's made me, what it's made me realize is the thing that I've always been looking for to get the more smack that I always seem to want out of kick and snare is it's the fucking transient. I need to exaggerate the transient to get that thing that I'm looking for. Yeah. Cause once I, I mean, <clears throat> once you, once you exaggerate that transient and then push it into the output limiter, that is the sound that we hear on so many records. Yeah. Anyway, so I've, I've started doing just a lot more of that. Um, and I'm just absolutely loving it. Nice. Absolutely loving it. Yeah. And now that I have those, uh, those um, Harrison EQs in the rack, I'm going to try putting them on kick and snare for a while too. Hmm. Yeah. That, that might be cool. I, uh, yeah. I think so. And then I, some, so my new process, I, uh, I run a ton of tracks out to the, out to the console and then out to the racks. And then I run all my, and then I run everything back into the computer. Cause I just kind of run, I run tracks, um, on, uh, as, as analog inserts. Right. Right. And then in the computer, I sum down to buses 
And then I run my buses back out of the computer, back into the racks, and 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 I do a whole bunch of bus processing all in the uh, in the analog zone. Right. And then I sum that down using the um, using the console. And then I do a two bus processing on that summed mix out of the console. Right. And then I record that back into the computer. And that's my mix. Okay. That's my process. And it it's it's just fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Um I don't have as many of the fun toys as you, so I yeah. don't do that complex, but I've you, definitely you, been doing a lot more busing. You also lately. don't have a you don't you also don't have a a, a mortgage as a, as a credit card debt. No, I don't. <laughs> Another part is I'm trying to shut my brain down at, uh, around that time. <laughs> yeah. But I have been watching a lot more recording stuff lately just to get ideas. I've been enjoying a lot of the Sylvia Massey oh, yeah. uh, kind of videos that she has. I don't think I'm going to try her pickle recording thing. <laughs> Maybe the <but> potato? <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, like those things stink when you're done doing it. And I also fear like trying to wire that thing that I'm going to electrocute myself with. Oh no. It's such low, low voltage going through those things. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're fine. But she's doing like high wattage. Oh really? Yeah. She's doing like PA amps feeding uh-huh. into a pickle and then going back into a soaker, which then goes into a cabinet. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I haven't seen that one. Uh, I've just seen, I just saw that today. I've where, just seen her reamp through it. Uh, I've seen her reamp through a potato. Um, yeah, but she's using like a PA amp to do that. Oh, I didn't think she was. Interesting. I'm, I'm gonna have yeah, to go she's find. She's got a again. few videos where she's yeah. showing that she's like going through a crown or something like that. Then to the, like a well, like potato or pickle. Yeah, the pickle is the more common ones that you see with her. Uh, but huh. then she goes, that signal then f- goes to a a, a soaker yeah. so that she doesn't blow up the amp that she's going to. <laughs> so, man, how, how much of this have you had to do to get to a point where you start to think, I'm bored with all the normal things. I'm going to use a pickle. <laughs> Apparently, she's <laughs> never done normal things. Like, uh, she recorded green bean which eventually like some of those guys became tool yeah and her first record with or i guess tools first record was with her and she was doing weird shit then where it's like okay well i want to drop a piano off of a building and record it but the city won't let me so let's take some sledgehammers and shotguns to a piano and then they make a song out of that or like a, a recent one that she did with Aston Microphones is she got, I think it was an origin or a spirit. I don't remember which. And like a big metal barrel full of pyrotechnics of some sort. Somebody filled it up to make an, an explosion. Uh, and she put the microphone like right at the top. I think there was a few more microphones like around, but there was one like right at the top of this right. like oil bin. Uh, and then she blew up and recorded everything. And the microphone lived, which is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what she did with it. I think it became like a sound library thing. Sure. Because it kind of just sounded like a 
a big explosion. Yeah. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. But uh, it's the kind of thing she does, though. It is. And uh, it's just... Yeah. Oh, she, yeah. And her mindset, I guess, is like as a producer engineer is she wants to do something unique for every band that works with her so that they have a memory, even if they don't use the thing that they did. They have a memory of doing the weird thing. Yeah. 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 So she's made like a... I think there's a story of her recording bass in a car while it was going, like right. driving down the road or something like that. And I think, th- I don't know how she powered everything, but I don't know. Apparently it was super awkward for like the bass player to be in the back seat <laughs> with his amp and stuff and <laughs> recording that. I could just see the, I could just see the microphone kind of wedged into the headstock or the headrest of the of the seat in front of it trying to aim at the amp in a kind of way. <laughs> yeah. But like that's the kind of thing she does. She's just like, what weird thing can I do? Yeah. So <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I have no budget for weird for that kind of crazy weird. Yeah. See, like the kind of crazy weird I'm thinking of doing is just like drum overdubs and like the band being like, what the fuck is that? And like, well, we're going to play the drums differently and I'm going to record <laughs> not the drums, but a different room after I amplify the drums in yeah. that different room. I do a lot of reamping in here. Um, one of my favorites, one of my favorites is the little Greta there. Yeah. That little four inch speaker is a cool lo-fi thing. It makes sense for yeah. four inches. It's gonna push little to no air. Yeah, well, and it's got no bottom end. Yeah, I'd swear it has nothing below three hundred hertz. It it probably does, but very little. Doesn't feel like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, probably nothing useless useful under th- three. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, it end up high passing it anyway. Um, but yeah. I love doing, I love doing stuff like that, you know? Um, and then, so my Marshall, um, the head, something's wrong with it. It's not working. Okay. I, I have to, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to save up the money to take it in to get fixed. Um, but I had another client that couldn't pay me. And so he decided to give me this orange head instead. Right. Love it. Just love it. Well, the orange heads are great. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds fantastic. Um, I get the, I, I get kind of the mojo that I get out of the Marshall at lower volumes. Uh, they got uh, almost a Marshall. Like there's something a little different about oranges though. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it, it's, it's, it's closer to the Marshall mojo than it, than it is to the Mesa, of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It definitely is a closer to Marshall than it is Mesa. Yeah. Um, and it pairs up really nicely with the Marshall 4x10 uh, cabinet. Okay. Just really, really like it. Makes mm. Reminds me how much I love that, that 4x10 cabinet. A little tidy guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it naturally doesn't have all that really deep, unnecessary bottom end that that the four by 12 has right that I'm always trying to get rid of anyway. So why not just go through the 10? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I do. 
That's cool. But when clients come in, they see the 4x12 and they're like, oh my God, that's so massive. Let's turn it up louder. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> At least like, the 4x12 won't blow up if you crank the Mesa or the Marshall. Right. And uh, the, the 4x10 will. So that's, yeah. that's kind of my deciding line. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm getting massive sounds by just putting microphones in weird spots that people don't <laughs> yeah. think to put them. We, um, uh, so we did one session uh, a couple months ago yeah. where we actually ran a couple microphones down the stairwell. Oh, cool. Fantastic. Has to be later at night because... Because people working. Well, yeah. I mean, this... So that's another drawback to this place. Um, this room isn't soundproof. Okay. The, uh, the, the, the floor structure that we're on is, turns out even worse than I thought it was. So everything just goes through goes downwards. Right, right through. And the, uh, the owner of the business below us is right under where you're sitting. Actually, you're sitting on the wall. That's sidewalk to your left and his office is to your right. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not, not great. Um, they're super cool or they seem to be super chill. All right. But, uh, um, yeah, or just like been a few occasions where he's like, "Can you not? Not yet." But I'm really sensitive to it, and I can hear them. I can hear them talking in the middle of the day, right? So okay, yeah. So I know it would be a problem, but there's enough. There's enough outside noise that uh, that we just if we want to use something like the hall, uh, the the stairwell, right? Then we we just have to wait until it's nighttime. Okay. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the, uh, one thing that I, I didn't think I would love cause it's noise, but I really do love is there's almost constantly a train going by <laughs> and it's, it's so off in the distance that it's, you know, it's almost like you, you'll never hear it in, in these mics cause they're directional enough. Right. But, yep. um, yeah, just I love it. It's just this subtle little, you know, and then you hear this distant, <laughs> yeah, I dig it. Um, On to the internet you go. Go switch off.